Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee faithfully served the Lord for more than seven decades, co-laboring with Watchman Nee in China in the first half of the 20th century, before continuing his ministry in Taiwan, later in America, and eventually over the entire earth. He spoke these Life Study messages before thousands of people, and much of his speaking has been published as over 400 titles. These life studies are perhaps his most significant work, taking 21 years for him to complete, and we're happy today to be able to bring you selected portions from those messages. If you'd like to find out more about his ministry, about the life studies themselves, and Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.org, or call us, toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now let's join today's program. The progression in the Gospel of Luke is truly marvelous. Chapter 7 concludes with several very touching stories of sinful people being forgiven and drawn to the Lord Jesus in love. Surely their cases match our own. Then, after teaching his followers with parables, we come to this most interesting passage in chapter 8, where the man's Savior, instead of acknowledging his flesh, mother, and brothers, identifies his chosen ones, his believers, as his real family members and relatives. Francis Ball has joined us today as we consider this marvelous portion from Luke chapter 8. Francis, good to have you here today. It's very good to be here, and especially I like this particular portion, how the Lord identifies us. We want to save that for our final portion today. The story of Levi and Mary, these are the ones that are, a couple of the ones at least, that are covered in chapter 7 there, having their sins forgiven by the Lord, always touches our hearts. But today... We want to go on to see that he didn't just forgive our sins. Much more than that, he has elevated our status to be that of his family members or his kinfolk, as some might say, in certain parts of the country. You might relate to that coming from uh, Texas. Yes, I could relate to that. (laughs) Sure can. It's wonderful, Francis. And what is a little bit of the significance? Just give us a bit of a foretaste today. Well, of course, this really brings us into another light regarding relations because here are all these people following the Lord. And they're crowding around him, and even his mother and his brothers can't get to him. So he uh, doesn't clear the path for them. Right. He simply says, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. So this this brings us into a life relationship with the Lord that uh, I think is really precious. Well, on our first portion today, uh, we want to see something that is, uh, I would say, frequently overlooked. But it's a very good portion, and particularly I would like to draw the attention of all of the females, all the sisters listening today. As we look at a couple of verses at the beginning of chapter 8, I think this will jump out at us. It says, And soon afterward he journeyed from city to city and village to village, preaching and announcing the gospel of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, as well as certain women who were healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, who was called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many other women, who ministered to them out of their possessions. Very marvelous, Francis. The divine record brings the account of these three and implies others, faithful 
sisters who were included in the ones following the Lord. Of course, by now he has selected his 12 disciples and trained them somewhat. But here are these women that are caring for him and them in very practical, tangible ways, aren't they? I think this is very significant, Chris, because we either overemphasize or overlook the service of the sisters, of the women in the church. Well, let's join Witness Lee with the first portion of his fellowship today. In chapter 8, the disciples were following the Savior. And among them, there were some sisters. And these sisters ministered to the Savior and to his disciples with physical possessions. That means with money. By this you could see the Lord lives on this earth by being ministered by some of his believers who were sisters. Luke give us the names. I'd like to read to you the names of the sisters in verse 2 of chapter 8. Mary, who was called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. And Joanna, the wife of Herod Stewart. Surely he was a rich man. And I believe this sister took a lot of money from the rich husband <laughs> to uh, support Jesus and his disciples. This was under Jesus' sovereignty, right? Jesus exercised his divine attribute to make the husband rich and the wife exercised her human virtue to take all the money (laughs) at least a part of money to supply Jesus and his disciples and Susanna and many others who were ministering to them out of their possession many others not only this many other sisters. The sisters are more practical. They do not only follow, but they minister. They do something. The brothers are used to talk, (laughs) to speak. And the sisters are used to do something, to minister. Without the sisters, Peter, John, James, they all will be starved to die. practical sisters. (laughs) Hallelujah. Francis, I like how you set this portion up. I think you said something at the beginning today, like regarding the function of sisters, the females in the body of Christ, we tend to either somewhat overshoot or undershoot or overappreciate or underappreciate. But this really presents the proper function in a very elevated way, doesn't it? I mean, the Lord has really drawn attention to the practical service here. Very interesting how this came in. I think that what we are seeing here is that the sisters, their normal function is more in the line of serving. When you're in a home, it's the mother who does the cooking, the wife who does the cooking and serves the husband. But uh, in this day and age, sometimes this is really lopsided. So it's really good to see an example here of these sisters who followed the Lord, but not just followed him to hear what he had to say, but to follow him to be a support to him and to the disciples. So these are the sisters, and it's interesting that particularly their names are given. Right. Not all of them, but at least three. 
so that I would say some real attention given by the Lord to these serving sisters. And in my experience, I tell you the truth, the service of the sisters means a lot. Sometimes it's silent and sometimes it's uh, not noticed that much, but it means a lot. It meant a lot in the Lord's day for those sisters to be ministering to him out of their possessions. They found a way to use what they had to serve the Lord. I think that's very significant and quite interesting to see that the emphasis here is given to the sisters serving and not to the brothers speaking. But, of course, they're following, and uh, that's important. If they don't follow, there's no one to carry on what the Lord has been giving them. But without this kind of service, practical service, it's hard to imagine the brothers having an adequate supply. Recently, there was the passing of an elderly sister, a sister who actually was uh, over 100 years old or just 100 years old. She came from China. I think you know her story a little bit. She began meeting with Watchman Nee in 1932 Mm -hmm. and labored with him there and then later witnessly when he joined their work in Shanghai. As I've gotten into her story a little bit to research a bit, several, uh, even in this century, in the ministry that we're so closely associated with, Francis, this same story is borne out, isn't it? That throughout the years uh, where God is moving, there's always a, a supply coming practically as well as spiritually through prayer and many other things through uh, some very significant sisters that are always involved, it seems. It is wonderful to realize that there have been along the line in uh, many cases in the Lord's recovery from the beginning of its work in the 1920s up until now, there have been those sisters who have been very effectually serving. So if we had the time, you know, we could go through a number of sisters. I think of uh, Sister Rademacher, who lives here in Southern California. Mm-hmm. She was with Watchman Nee. Yeah, originally a missionary, right? Yes, she was a missionary and was able to hear him and was captured by what she heard from him. And now she's still serving here. Matter of fact, she comes here to help pack some of the books that are being sent out from this radio broadcast. And uh, she's quite elderly. I know I've met her several times and uh, always fresh, however. seems like there's always a portion with these ones that uh, the Lord has sort of uniquely deposited. She's a very young, older woman. (laughs) Well, Francis, we need to move on. We've got Chapter 8 now developing after these sisters are mentioned in such a tender way by the Lord Jesus. We have the portion in Luke where we have the teaching by way of parables, and many of these parables are familiar to our listeners. We've selected really just one to focus on today. I'm going to pick it up in verse uh, in verse 5 of chapter 8. The sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some seed fell beside the way, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of heaven devoured it. And other seeds fell on the rock, and as it grew, it withered because it had no moisture. And other seed fell in the midst of the thorns, and the thorns grew with it and choked it off. And other seed fell into the good earth, and when it grew, it produced fruit a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The parable of the sower and the the various situation that the seed falls into. We're going to look at that in this portion. Let's go back to Witness Lee. After we have been forgiven, now we are living a life in peace, and we are following the Lord, and we are ministering to him, we surely have to deal with our heart. We have to deal with our heart. Let the world traffic go. It is possible to simplify our life, to keep our heart away from so much traffic, and to deal with the hidden obstacles, 
the hidden rock. You may have something hidden. It may be a hidden sin. It may be a hidden hobby. I do know many of young people in this country mostly would like a good car. After graduation from the high school, surely you like to have a good car. Then, after this, you have a lot of anxieties. After the college, you begin to worry how to get married and how to make more money, how to uh, feed your kids, and how to this, how to that. A lot of anxieties, a lot of cares of this life, plus a lot of pressures of lust. All these things are there. How could Christ grow in you? We need to give him a good heart that he may grow within us. And the good heart is this. The good heart is one that is kept from the world traffic. That is cured from the rocks. And that is also cured from all the cares of this life. Oh, dear saints, don't follow the trend of the world today. Traffic, pleasure, then anxiety. It's hard for the Americans to live a long life. You understand me? I hope that all the Americans could live long. But the way they are taking today is not for a long life. They exhaust themselves too much in the world traffic. Busy, busy, busy. More money, more pleasure, more anxiety. Then more disease, then more death. But we Christians should get our heart released for Christ. Let Christ occupy our heart. Not sports, not entertainment, not amusement. No, no. Just Christ. Just Christ. Uh Aha. We need to grow. We need also to shine. Shine brightly as a lamp without any coverings. Hallelujah. We should be lamps in the open place that shines out to enlighten others. We need to grow and we need to shine. Francis, this is absolutely opposite of what the world teaches, encourages, draws us into, isn't it? What we just heard. That's right. The trend in the world, an almost inescapable trend in a lot of ways, I think, especially as he used the young people here as an example in our youth, the draw into this kind of living is so powerful and so strong. And the result is we're ensnared. We didn't intend to be, but our heart is captured by so many things and so much that demands our time and energy and uh, It really distracts and really draws us away from the Lord. And, of course, his exhortation there to live a simple life. I was intrigued how he related it at the end to the matter of shining, which I didn't read the verse, but it comes up later in the chapter in verse 16. How does this all connect, Francis? Well, this surely is a big connection that we all have experienced. I know when I was young, it was really uh, easy to get occupied with sports, with entertainment, with a lot of things. And he could really sum up these areas where we are robbed of our enjoyment and of our growth in life and of our shining by the traffic of the world that just hardens our heart and makes it difficult for us to receive God's Word. And then the pleasures of life are so drawing, so magnetic, 
trying its best to draw us into its web. And if you're young enough to indulge in uh, sports and things like that, you're caught that way. If you're a little beyond that age and you're still excited about these things, then you get occupied with all the sports that are on TV and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. That absolutely robs us of the real pleasure, the pleasure of knowing the Lord and fellowshipping with the Lord. And then, of course, the anxieties of life come in. You get about the middle age, then you begin to worry about how you're going to be able to go on and keep working and eventually retire. All those anxieties just crowd in to distract people away from hearing the Word of God. Without the Word of God and being infused into our being in a daily way, we will not grow. And then when we don't grow, we surely don't shine, as I think will come up later. Francis, I think uh, the sequence, we alluded to it at the very beginning today. I hope now it's beginning to sort of dawn on those listening to this program and enjoying this Gospel of Luke. In chapter 7, the story's about really having our sins forgiven, Mm -hmm. which is not the end, but the starting point. And now this very practical instruction that the Lord is giving all of us uh, using these parables as the ones we selected today, talking about the thorns and the rocks in our heart that can keep us from the enjoyment and experience of Christ. But we move on quickly now as we continue in chapter 8 to the point we talked about at the very beginning, and we want to conclude with that, this matter of the real family, the real relationships, the real relatives to the Lord as he identifies them in these verses. Verse 19, 20, and 21, this is the story. It says, And his mother and brothers came up to him and were not able to get to him because of the crowd. And it was reported to him, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. But he answered and said to them, My mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. It really extending his family, his relatives, to all of those faithful ones who were now really following him in such a devoted and intimate way. Amen. Marvelous section, isn't it? Yes, it is. Really a wonderful section. Let's go to Witness Lee. Eventually, we become the real relatives to the man Savior. Because now we are really related to him. At this juncture, in chapter 8, the relatives in flesh of the Lord came to seek after him. And he right away, in a sense, denied his relatives in the flesh. He said, who is my mother? Who is my brother? Look, always are my mother and my brother who hear the word of God. The main thing is the word. You have to take good care of the word. If you would do it, taking good care of the word, you become the real relative to the man Savior. He would recognize you. He identify himself with you because you have corresponded to his word, making yourself one with him. He lived a life just according to the word of God. And now you are living a life just according to his word. So you and he are corresponding one to another. So there is a kind of identification. Hallelujah. Isn't this good? We were sinners and we got forgiven because of faith in the Savior. Then we began to love him. And this issues a life of peace. We live in peace. And we follow him. And we minister to him. 
so we need to grow. That he may grow in us. And we need to shine. Now we become his real relatives. In the New Testament word, in Paul's epistles, we become his members. His real relatives are just his members. He's the head and we are his members. We are the same as he is. Hallelujah. He lived a God-man life. We live the same life. Isn't this good? Francis, you and I may be here in uh, any sort of pursuit, and we may have full agreement. In fact, we may even pledge ourselves to the same uh, goal, the same objective, and uh, work in total harmony. And we could be co-workers. We could call ourselves comrades. I don't know what other terms would be appropriate, but uh, we couldn't become each other's relatives, could we, unless there was a life association, a life relationship. Yeah, that's the real significance here, that this, this is a life relationship because here is one who was really living the Word of God and even was the Word of God. He's called the Word of God. Right. And he ministers the Word of God. And if we hear his voice and we respond to him and we do according to his Word, then we also are in a life relationship. We get life and we grow in life by the Word. Without the Word of God, it's impossible to grow in life. Mm -hmm. But because he's identifying those who follow him, who hear him, who understand him, who take his word in, they are his relatives because we're related in life with him. I hope we can say, and I believe we can say, we are his relatives. I think four or five times, Brother Lee, in that short portion, he mentioned the real relatives. Right. I want to be a real relative of the Lord Jesus. Yes. Francis, there is definite allusion here, isn't there, to the body of Christ. He mentioned the head with the members at the end of the portion. Yeah, that is a very important thing because this particular relationship is not well enough known and uh, realized among Christians that we are the body of Christ. We are the living members of his body. He has incorporated us into himself and incorporated or infused himself into us so that we and he are in the same life, in the same uh, relation one to the other because we're here by life. We're the living members of the body of Christ. Therefore, we are his real relatives. Wonderful portion, and I'm very happy you were here to uh, be part of it and share it with us, Francis. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Okay, we're out of time today. Of course, as we like to do, we'd recommend the printed Life Study messages, and I'll give you our toll-free number so that you can call and find out about how to receive those. Uh, Three-volume set for the Gospel of Luke. Our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, or you can send email to radio at lsm.org. For Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, 
then later to North America, and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening. What does it mean to love God? For in pouring out this ointment on my body, she has done it for my burial. Wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what this woman has done shall also be told. Matthew 26, verses 12 and 13. Mary received the revelation of the Lord's death through the Lord's words. Hence she grasped the opportunity to pour upon the Lord the best that she had. To love the Lord with our best requires a revelation concerning Him. The story of the gospel is that the Lord loved us. And the story of Mary is that she loved the Lord. We must preach both. One is for our salvation and the other is for our consecration. Scripture, Matthew 26, verses 12 and 13, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.